0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Uh, hello there. Welcome, welcome to a, another week in DD. And uh, it is, I'm sorry, I'm just a little, we, we're having a little bit of a technical issue. <laughs> um, at this point, I don't think we can get calls in Um so I'm telling you that, and I'm sorry to tell you that, believe me, uh, but at this point there's we're being told that that number is not available to us that we need to hook up so that you can call, and it's insane. makes no sense at all. so uh, anyway, welcome to uh, August twenty seventh hot sunny day here in Pittsburgh Pennsylvania and uh, <laughs> I think I remember ending Friday's show saying God knows what'll happen over the weekend uh, whatever it is we'll be talking about it on Monday and here we are and well stuff's happened of course because this is the new normal Um spending a lot of time today, I guess, on the obituary page. Uh, I have nothing to add to everything that's been said about John McCain. I have had very mixed feelings about him uh, throughout his career. Uh, But given... Given what we see now in our government, I mean, he stands (laughs) so tall (laughs) above the current crop of Republicans that, uh, I thought some, let me see if I can find this thing. There was a, uh, amidst all the, you know, I thought slightly over the top accolades, uh, written to the, uh, Editor of the New York Times today. There was one slightly more nuanced uh, by a gentleman from Fort Lee, New Jersey, uh, Robert Nussbaum, and he says this. It's a little florid, but I, I think he gets it right. And I'm just going to, rather than hem and haw on my own, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna piggyback on on his more thoughtful uh, words. John McCain did not live a perfect life, but it was an important life. He was not without flaws, personal and political, yet he did not excuse his imperfections, but acknowledged them. He was not always heroic in act and deed, but he was in immutable, relentless pursuit of what mattered most to him and that was the elevation of this country and its continued pursuit of the best we had to offer. He challenged the orthodoxy of his party at times most recently and notably in casting the ballot that acted as the death knell for President Trump's effort to undo the signature piece of legislation of the Obama presidency, the Affordable Care Act. But he, McCain, was also the man who called upon Sarah Palin, a wholly unqualified and uninspired choice to try to resurrect a foundering campaign against Barack Obama, and a man who voted time and again in support of legislation championed by Donald Trump. Like all of us, he was a person of contradictions, but there was a moral foundation, an integrity, that was the heartbeat of John McCain. And it was this essential goodness that we will long remember beyond all else. I thought that did a pretty good job of, you know, not getting carried away. Uh, And... I actually found myself thinking maybe in death John McCain can take down Donald Trump simply by exposing for those who have thus far been too blind to acknowledge the appalling lack of integrity and character of this president in the way he has behaved since McCain's death. And it seems to me that in a week, in which we will be reminded over and over again of how a flawed but honorable man serves... And the juxtaposition of that with the current occupant of the White House, it seems to me so jarring that maybe uh, you can pick off a few more of his cult members. But... I think I'm kidding myself because I think it's quite clear that there is nothing that can turn these people away from Trump, nothing. There's even a poll out. There's a number of polls out today. One, I discount the Rasmussen poll, which has Trump's numbers not only uh, high but higher there is also a poll that um, shows almost I mean, if you, if you take the three, four percent leeway in these kinds of polls, almost a dead heat in terms of approval rating of Americans polled about Donald Trump. How is that possible? I mean, the uh, approval rating at 46 percent. And this, I believe, was The Wall Street Journal. NBC poll which is more legitimate how is that possible and if that is a a correct snapshot of America today then that means that almost half of our countrymen and women are beyond our reach, I think. I can't imagine what common ground I could find for en- with anybody right now who does not yet see how horrifying this president is. The fact that he can't even pretend to be honorable. He, he would not allow the White House to issue a statement that had been drawn up praising Senator McCain. He would not allow it and instead said, I'll take care of it, I'll tweet something. And he tweeted something that in fact did not even mention John McCain. A man this crass, this vile, to have the devotion (laughs) of nearly half of our citizenry says something about our country that i find almost unbearable to acknowledge because if that's true i we got a civil war on our hands i guess we do you know um john brennan former head of the cia the uh who oversaw the uh capture and killing of Osama bin Laden, who's been called a, a low life or a dirt ball or something like that by uh, Donald Trump and has stripped of his uh, security clearance. Uh, he was on uh, television the, this weekend and By virtue of what his job has been, I mean, his entire work life has been about assessing dangers to the country. That's what his job has been. That's what he cares about. That's what he's schooled in, assessing danger to national security. And he said something that I found so disquieting. Because he said, he feared that this divide in the country would end up in the streets. Which means, I don't know how to read it any other way than violence. And then where that goes... I can't imagine. But this is a man, again, who has made a lifetime of calculating dangers and giving a heads up to those in power about these dangers. And he sees such danger now with Trump and his supporters, and that includes, of course, the Republican Party. And seeing him so clearly fearful terrified me, terrified me. Kurt writes, I'm not sure if the death of McCain can turn things around, but it's an interesting thought. Well, you know, I just imagine that the accolades, his funeral, the fact that here again the President of the United States will not be in attendance as he was not in attendance at Barbara Bush's funeral because he is simply considered persona non grata among that group, namely all the other presidents of the United States who are still alive. They don't want him anywhere near, and frankly, he doesn't want to be there either. But while McCain lies in state at the Capitol, can you see Donald Trump going to pay his respects? Even if he did, I can't imagine. And if he doesn't, his absence is extraordinary. Right. The fact that the flag, you know, just something as simple as keeping the flag at half-staff for John McCain... It was kept uh, four days at half-staff when Barbara Bush died. McCain, a day and a half, and right back up. And earlier today, there were a lot of pictures being posted of the White House with the flag flying high, and in the background, the Washington uh, Monument with all the flags around it at half-staff. Uh, that has since been corrected, I'm sure, on order from the White House. And all those flags at the Washington Monument have gone straight up the polls. This kind of childish playground kind of back and forth, extraordinary. Extraordinary. But all of those people who love Donald Trump, didn't they used to love John McCain? Didn't they vote for John McCain? Didn't they think he was a hero in terms of his Vietnam service? Didn't they? And won't they be reminded of that? And won't they feel some sense of shame? at supporting a man who treats him with such disdain left all by himself in doing so totally isolated that's why there was part of me saying won't this won't this make them rethink How awful this guy is. But uh, after listening to John Brennan, after seeing these poll numbers, I despair. Kurt also writes, I like to imagine that John Boehner, who resigned a few days after the Pope's visit, if you'll remember, was inspired to leave because simply being exposed to an honorable and spiritual man made him realize that his association with today's Republican Party was soul-killing. Uh, well, you might be imagining that. Maybe it played the... Sli- I have a feeling Boehner was plotting his uh, his getaway. Um, he's, he was reading tea leaves. He saw where things were going. He could not control his caucus anymore; these repulsive Republicans, and he didn't want to deal with it anymore. Maybe the Pope sent him over the edge. I don't know. But and speaking of the Pope, boy, well, we'll we'll get to that in in a in a bit as well. Um. All right. Well also i want to note the passing of uh the a guy who made us laugh and that is such a gift uh neil simon jokester and playwright pulitzer prize winning playwright tony award winning playwright uh, many of his plays also became movies uh for those of you who aren't sure what it is he did, The Odd Couple, everybody knows that, Barefoot in the Park, The Sunshine Boys, Plaza Suite, Biloxi Blues, Brighton Beach Memoirs. I mean his career on Broadway spanned decades and in in nineteen sixty six he had four Plays running simultaneously <laughs> on Broadway. How is that even possible? One playwright has four of the plays that are running. 1966. He, uh, by the way, uh, the great Sid Caesar. For those of you who are old enough, uh, went Sid Caesar's. I think it was called Show of Shows. It's early, early 1950s television. He had a cast of writers that, well, I'll tell you who. First of all, obviously, Neil Simon was one of his writers. So was a guy named uh, Woody Allen. Let me see. I don't want to get... Mel Brooks. (laughs) Carl Reiner. Can you imagine... And what did all those guys have in common? I'll tell you what they had in common. They were Jews. And so that group is responsible for helping to make the the shtick, there's a Yiddish word, a Jewish word, the shtick that most Americans identify as American humor uh, be distinctly Jewish inflected. Um And there's no doubt that that I mean still still hangs in there. But Neil Simon, wow, I thank him. I mean for all the the pleasure I have um, I have had from his uh, his output. And speaking of funny people who are gone, I see from uh, our local paper. Another woman who made us laugh, uh, and that is uh, why am I ba- why am I blanking? Barbara R- Russell, geez, excuse me, Barbara. She would laugh. Barbara Russell, who is a local comedian, and uh, paired for years with uh, Don Brockett. Uh, in a duo called Brockett and and Barbara, and I saw them many times. I and mean, she was just wonderful. She was wonderful and an actress as as well. She had many parts. Appeared often on uh, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Was a, as did Brockett. It was a very close friend of uh, Joanne Rogers, and um, I know Joanne is hurting. Uh, a great deal with this loss. Uh, Barbara Russell, who was funny up until the end. A great lady and a funny lady. I didn't know her well. I feel like I missed an opportunity. I know I would have loved her. But that is a loss as well. And I'm not done with the funerals yet. So Aretha Franklin, we got to bury her this week too. And... um Bill Clinton will be speaking at her. <laughs> we got every former president, pretty much except Jimmy Carter, doing eulogies, big eulogies this week. We've got, we've got uh, W. Bush, and uh, Barack Obama speaking, uh, as requested, at John McCain's funeral. Two men who he ran against, and yet had a great deal of affection, and and uh, these were honorable, it's honorable men in that regard. And Bill Clinton will be speaking at Aretha Franklin's funeral, uh, as will, I don't know if you saw the list, that funeral is probably going to last about a month from what I can tell, I would not want to have to be there because it looks like endless. Uh, Let's see. Speakers besides Bill Clinton, who's been known to go long, right? Uh, Attorney General Eric Holder. The governor of Michigan. The mayor of Detroit. The Reverend Jesse Jackson. The Reverend Al Sharpton, Smokey Robinson, Clive Davis, Cicely Tyson. These guys are all speaking at Aretha's funeral. There are a whole bunch of other people, another long list, of people who will be performing. So really, seriously, that's going to be, I think it's on Friday in Detroit, that is going to be one, well, I don't know, what's August 31st? Maybe that's Friday. Uh, performing at her uh, funeral, it's Friday, will be Stevie Wonder, Jennifer Hudson, Chaka Khan, and this one doesn't seem to fit, Faith Hill. Also, Jennifer Holliday, Ronald Isley, Fantasia, and gospel stars Shirley Caesar, Yolanda Adams, along with uh, Aretha uh, Franklin's own son, Edward. And um, I'm sure I haven't named everybody. Seriously, how long do you think that funeral's going to last? I'm saying, seriously, I'm saying five hours. Anyone else want to put a bet in? Remember, you can email me. I know you can't call today, but you can email me. Lynn at pghcitypaper.com. Henri writes, Lynn, you commented earlier about how nearly half of the country is okay with someone as crass and vile as Trump. What bothers me perhaps more than anything about this presidency is that it has effectively given that half of the country permission to be crass and vile, too. Yeah, he's outed them. He's outed us. Uh, you know, in that regard, I'm going to thank him because I don't want to live in uh, a dream. I would like to be able to face reality. Um,. And, my God, he, the people that now openly, yes, are openly crass, vile, racist, these are people, these are the ones who mostly hate hated political correctness because it shut them up, because it made them, Think twice before saying what they were thinking. But in doing that, it allowed folks like me to think that there were not so many vile and crass people who think they're good Americans. And so, you know, the veil being lifted the, and, and, and seeing ourselves as we are is, and it's an ugly thing I'm looking at. Almost half of our country, I don't think having any appreciation whatsoever about what it's about, what the, what the rest of us pledge allegiance to, what the rest of us feel proud of, sure as hell ain't them or anything that they stand for. So the idea of the Civil War not really doing anything except getting a lot of people killed, it didn't change people's minds. It didn't change their feelings. It didn't educate them. I mean, if it had... The Confederacy and everything it stood for would be treated in our schools as a traitorous rebellion against the country, which it was. And that is not how I learned about it, and it's not how you learned about it, and it still is not how we teach it. And there would be absolutely no statues to any of the traitors. I don't know how bad it is, but it could be as bad as 40 plus percent of this country. If this polling data is even in the ballpark, that are deplorable. I'm sorry, I didn't finish Henri's. He says, my neighbors have always been good to me, and I have always enjoyed their company. But recently they are saying things to my face they never would have said before Trump won the election. So, that comfort you took in feeling like your neighbors and you were on the same page, and You could take comfort in that, in that feeling of companionship, and shared real estate, proximity. And now you, yeah, the veil is lifted. As I said, maybe it's good because, I mean, you can't, you can't. There's danger in pretending. There's danger in covering up. And the fact that these people have come out from their closets and under their rocks and feel perfect, and you know that there's still a ton that won't say what they feel, but now we got a much better idea of the rot, the moral rot. that is such an endemic part of our population. That original sin of this country, slavery, still not really adequately in any way dealt with. Heading into 300 years later, the compromises that were made to found this wondrous nation. Compromises, like seeing some of our fellow humans in this country as not quite, just three-fifths of a human. And that people... Learned to hate from generation to generation. Learned that hate from generation to generation. Can you imagine that you bring a child into the world and you then have at that child's head and character and that's how you choose to formulate it? teaching children to hate. Obviously, by the millions, by the tens of millions, Americans did just that year after year, decade after decade, century after century, and continues to this day. And this brings us to something that uh, Roger Cohen uh, wrote um this weekend sometime Americans elected Trump nobody else did Americans elected Trump Americans came down to his level Americans made a bargain with the devil in full knowledge. So the real question is what does it mean to be an American today? Who are we, God damn it? He wrote. What have we? Become. Trump is a symptom, not a cause. The problem is way deeper than him. American individualism has morphed into American narcissism. American exceptionalism into hubris. Out of that and more came the insidious malignancy of Donald Trump. And it will not be extirpated overnight or ever. or ever what do we do with these people how can we reach them I don't think we can how do we educate them how what is wrong with the churches in this country since most of these people profess to be Christian These people, if they go to church, should be getting reamed Sunday after Sunday by Christian ministers. I don't know. Roger writes I just returned after nine days in Canada. Yeah, I know, I returned. <laughs> While away, I finally read Harper Lee's Go Set a Watchman. I have read that. That is the book that was discovered after her death that she wrote and it was a it was actually set after to kill a mockingbird. So it showed Atticus Finch after and it's not a pretty sight so Roger read it while away I read Harper Lee's ghost set a watchman I didn't want to read it based on reviews and hearing that Atticus was not as perfect as Gregory Peck (laughs) not as perfect as he seemed that wondrous man in To Kill a Mockingbird. But he writes, I found it engaging and intriguing. Addressing racism in the South from a young 26-year-old Harper Lee in 1962 is amazing. While Atticus was not perfect, his position on segregation is understandable. He is wrong in this book. But if you follow his advice from Mockingbird to walk in his shoes and try to understand from his point of view, Go Set a watchman is about one's conscience. My biggest takeaway is where are Republicans watchmen? What happened to their consciences? They sold their souls to the devil. It's as clear as that. And I'm not, Did I just move? I just... Ah, here's a good tweet sent in by Barbara. The White House flag is currently at full staff. For those of you who really care about kneeling and respect and all of that. Speaking of Christians, let's go to the Catholics. Oh my God. Oi, oi. I don't know, guys. Uh, The Catholic Church seems as riven as the United States of America. Man, the knives are out in the Vatican. Man, that church and the guys who run it are literally at each other's throats. And it breaks down like it does here conservative, and liberal. And wow, there are now people on the right in the church who see an opening to take down Pope Francis in the abuse scandal. And I'm sure you know there is this uh, archbishop who is openly uh, charging that the Pope knew full well about, uh, about Cardinal McCarrick and his history and that he protected him and in fact even elevated him. The Pope on his plane heading back to the Vatican from Ireland was asked by a reporter if the Archbishop archbishop vagano if his charges were true and here is the reporting from the new york times the pope did not deny it but sidestepped the questions by insisting he would not dignify them with a response well so I don't know what that means. The Pope's statement was this. I will not say a single word about this. I believe the statement speaks for itself. And you have the sufficient journalistic ability to make your conclusions. Uh, This Vagano, the archbishop, this is a 7,000-word screed he wrote, and in it he outed, uh cardinals who he says are part of the pernicious homosexual current in the Vatican the right wingers in the church feel that the scandal is a homosexual scandal which it is not The fact that this pope reaches out to gay Catholics has literally driven the right-wing cardinals mad because they blame gays for all of the problems in the church. Vagano, who was, by the way, a former top Vatican diplomat, he said, these homosexual networks, which are now widespread in many dioceses, seminaries, religious orders, act and strangle innocent victims and priestly vocations, and they are strangling the entire church. And since Francis refused the pope sort of batted all of this away it is expected that this controversy and the allegations will grow in the coming days and in fact the pope started blaming the media on the flight he said he he blamed the media for promoting an atmosphere of guilt and said, this is what the Pope said, that until his visit to Ireland, he had never heard about Ireland's notorious mother and baby homes where children were ripped away from unwed mothers. How could the Pope have never heard that? I heard it. An old Jewish lady in the United States knew about it. How does the Pope not know about it? My head is ready to explode. My love affair with Francis, I think, is over. I think the church is in big, big trouble. And I feel for, for Catholics of faith. Um, I really do. Uh, I read a quote from somebody saying, you know, you have a hierarchical institution in the church, and the quote was, a hierarchy without transparency is an autocracy. Well, yeah, and people who will not tolerate autocracy in other realms are and do willingly accept it in the church. And it's clear that the church and those who run it are perhaps not worthy of the trust that so many people have placed in them. And I can't imagine what will work except a wholesale cleaning of the upper levels. I'm talking bishops and cardinals. But I don't think you'll see it. I was talking to a friend the other day. And she said what is so awful to her is that now all priests, you look at them and you wonder. And so all the good People in the church. This is the way it always works. The bad people taint everybody. Where did I read? There was a church, there was a priest that was beaten up the other day, and the guy who beat him up said, "This is for you know," and and, and he hadn't done anything, but. Wow. Um, I can't imagine. And I'm starting to think that um, the unthinkable that uh, this could take Whirl and Zubik down. I mean, I'm saying that's the unthinkable, but they were part of this institutionalized cover-up of crimes. And so many of the people who should be paying the price are are dead. Most are dead. And those that are alive who maybe tried to start doing the right thing, they'll go down because they were working in a corrupted system. Ay, 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 ay. good article good news good news in um this was in the uh, New York Times yesterday. I think the post Gazette reprinted most of it as they should have because uh it is about Pennsylvania and it is about the fact that in Pennsylvania we are seeing a huge surge of registration of young voters. Huge. I'm saying young between the ages of 18 and 29. Uh, Actually, data from 39 states shows this uptick with Pennsylvania leading and listen to this this is the thing that blew me away registered voters in Pennsylvania under the age of 34 now outnumber registered voters over the age of 65 and I find that wow You think of Pennsylvania, it's an old state. And those old voters that have always gone to the polls and pulled this state to the right, they're now outnumbered by younger voters. And obviously not all of those young voters are progressive or Democrats but you can bet your bottom dollar a whole bunch of them are. And the groups that are registering these young people uh, are finding out that the young people want to vote, and they want to vote because they care about these issues. Affordable health care gun control, climate change. Those are the three issues. I did not mention Donald Trump. They want affordable health care. They want climate change dealt with and taken seriously and as a high priority, and they want something done with the damn gun. I don't think they particularly like where Republicans stand on any of those issues. So where this outreach effort to get these people to the polls is happening is not just in places on college campuses and and, and such in Pittsburgh and in in Philly. They They are all over the map in community colleges, in Erie, in Reading, in Allentown. And it's actually uh, this wonderful woman who has worked at Planned Parenthood here for years recently left her job so that she could go and work on this. She cares about Planned Parenthood, and she decided the way I'm doing, the way I'm going to help Planned Parenthood now is not sitting here in Planned Parenthood. I'm going out, and I'm going to be part of this effort to get young people registered and get them to the polls. There's some big uh, primaries coming up tomorrow, by the way. Uh, one in Florida, well, where Democrats are going to, boy, they got a really interesting race going on to see who will run for governor as a Democrat in Florida. Um, they haven't held, Democrats haven't held that in a long, 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 long time. Also, John McCain's home state, Arizona, having a primary, and there are such loathsome people running in the Republican primary Uh, to uh, replace Jeff Flake, who, as you know, is leaving the Senate, Uh, you could not find a list of more repulsive human beings. Uh, Joe Arpaio being one on the ballot. And at least, unfortunately, I would like him to win (laughs) because could just, wipe the floor with him in a general election. But uh, even the Republicans know that, and so Arpaio is uh, running last in the polls. But the people who might win are just, one's worse than the next. One's worse than the next. God, what awful, awful people. Jeez, who knew? We didn't know how many awful people there are. Damn, so many. Why do some people when they're driving take like an extraordinary amount of time To make a right turn. I know. It has nothing to do with anything I've been saying. But I just, for some reason, remembered my annoyance. What is with people? I'm serious. They, first of all, you're behind them, right? They approach, they're going to turn right. They start the turn. And right as they start the turn, they put their turn signal on like duh oh that's helpful thank you very much what what is the purpose of that turn signal do you think and then it is like just turn the damn corner by god it takes boom it's like and these are i know cars now have power steering i'm old enough to remember when turning a car took maybe a little bit of energy no it's like and then I look and it's not an old person I think okay it's an old person give him a break no it's not it's just what is that is it timidity oh you shouldn't let me on the roads I'm telling you I just this is where the bad part of me comes out it does I admit it I'm the person who's screaming behind the wheel I'm a type A that's when I show my type A-ness And I don't like it either. And I try very hard to say to myself, take a deep breath, take a deep breath. And in fact, I wonder about people who are clearly living at a different pace (laughs) than I am. And I think, wow, when you turn like that and drive like that, then you must have a lot of time to get wherever it is you're going. Somehow I never do. I'm... (laughs) And I guess I've always been like that, but I guess they'll probably live longer than me because, you know, mm, I don't know. It's been bugging me. It has really been bugging me. Do you think there's more worse drivers on the road now than ever before? Because I do. And I think it might have to do with the phones, I think, because you do see an awful lot of that. You can tell when somebody, I mean, you can tell when you finally get around some of these people that are driving you crazy. They're on the phone. So they're not paying attention. Oh, God, it all just drives me crazy. I'd rather be upset about things like that than about our country going down the drain, because cause it's small potatoes. These big potatoes are really scary. I admit it, and I I wish I didn't have to be such a bummer. But um, I mean, how am I? How do you? God, all the funerals. So um, what am I missing? Did something good happen somewhere? I don't, really, I'm serious. I'm unaware if it did. And I have been uh, reading uh, a lot, a lot. I hope we can get the phones uh, up and running. Believe me, it ain't easy sitting here talking at myself. Uh, I hope we can get them up and running uh, for tomorrow's show. At any rate, uh, Susan will be joining us, I believe. And um, I think that's all I got. (laughs) All right. Somebody put out a warning. Cullen's getting back on the road. If you find yourself in front of her, try to make the corner, and more than, you know, I mean, seriously. Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I obviously got up on the wrong side of the bed. Okay, that's it for me, and we'll try to get our act together here um, as much as we're capable of doing so, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and archived at pghcitypaper.com.